0: Welcome to Night Shift Top Secret Information Night Shift TSI Podcast. If you know one thing, or if you've learned one thing in the last five weeks about going down the rabbit hole with conservative aunt Anthony Ramondi, you will know that if there is a line, Anthony will cross it. And I think he's gone a little too far this time because he's landed us a 32 degree Freemason, keeper of the Royal Secrets, to talk to us today about, well exorcisms which are terrifying but what's even more terrifying to me is he's going to come on and talk to us about freemasons which i'm pretty sure is a type of thing that gets guys like anthony and i suicided overnight so if the <laughs> show ends abruptly in the next couple of weeks we can all thank conservative anthony let me go ahead and introduce our guest we've got political commentator and social media influencer at anthony Ramonde conservative ant and we also have the gnostic Hope, 32-degree Freemason, and Keeper of the Royal Secrets, myself, Eric Tanzi, former special operations veteran and police officer, now turned podcast rabbit hole chaser with conservative Ant. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey, guys.
1: Howdy, howdy.
2: I am super excited to have you on the show today. Um, I know that you said you were following me on TikTok, and- I've been following you as well. And then I really just started. One night I was laying in bed and I was just scrolling on every single one of your videos. I didn't want to like spam like your stuff, you know, because sometimes that gets you shadow banned. So I was just like scrolling and scrolling. And the dude's got style. He wears suits. I used to sell suits for a long, long time. So go to his Instagram and see that. But welcome to the show today, bro.
1: I appreciate it. It's uh, an absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. I've been like, you you know how TikTok just kind of came out of nowhere. uh, And then one of the main things I even went to TikTok for was conservative TikTok. uh, (coughs) And basically like your profile, uh, there was another guy like Script Keeper. Oh, uh, I love
2: Script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: And then um, who else? I I don't know. Basically the, the whole... Uh, conservative crowd. I've been following even for like a year before I even started making content. So you're also somewhat of an inspiration to start making oh. content.
2: Awesome. Awesome. So Eric, while I was scrolling on this gentleman's stuff, I know that everyone knows you and I have done a show on Freemasonry and Freemasons, um, Bohemian Grove and all that good stuff. I know that now. What, would you like me to call you the Agnostic Pope? Would you like me to call you by your first name, your real? What do you want us to
1: call you? Uh, Michael's fine,
2: Michael. So, yeah, Michael. As we understand, you are an active Freemason, correct? That is correct. And how are you allowed to? So, I, listen. I, I
0: obviously I follow you on TikTok now. All the things Anthony had me all over this. I'm new. To the, to, the, uh, to the TikTok world. Um, so I just found you within the last week, but I feel like you're giving away a lot of secrets. Is this not something you're worried about like getting suicided for? Or like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know much about Freemason stuff aside from what we've done on this show. How do you get around that?
1: Uh, so basically there there is an age old saying that the big secret of Freemasonry is there is no secret. Uh, that's being the the master of the royal secret at the 32nd degree, or the moral of that degree is basically the secret's been within you the entire time. Now that you know this, what are you going to do with it? Uh, And then there's also the uh, 27th degree, which I was an active, uh, like had an active role inside of that degree. And I played uh, the role, what's called brother truth. And one of the monologues that's in there uh, during that degree is basically like teaching the things that you learn or like it introduce like scottish right is essentially introducing different aspects for you to like go down avenues of study whether it be history theology uh, or anything esoteric or anything like that it just kind of like introduces those ideas and then when you learn these things uh, you're encouraged not forced or anything like that but uh, that degree specifically kind of encourages you to go teach.
0: And what was your course of study that you wanted to teach?
1: Uh, I just re- like in the, so more uh, Scottish Rite is basically distinguished from what's known as Blue Lodge. So Blue Lodge is where you go when you first petition to join a lodge. That's where you get your first three degrees. You go uh, entered apprentice to fellow craft to master mason. And then once you've obtained your Master Mason degree, you can decide to go on to what's called Appendant Bodies. Uh, I'm not only in the Scottish Rite, but I'm also in the York Rite. So uh, 32 degrees in total going from Blue Lodge to Scottish Rite. Uh, but then there's 10 other degrees that's like in another Appendant Body known as York Rite, where you basically at the end of it uh, become a, an actual like knighted Knights Templar. And uh, you, you swear to defend the Christian faith and all that good stuff, too. But the, the two stories kind of parallel in those two appendant bodies. It's just that there's 10 degrees inside of uh, York Right, and then there's 29 additional degrees inside of Scottish Rite. So there's a bit more education with uh, Scottish Rite because it's kind of chopped up into more pieces and kind of focuses in more. On more detail, uh, in my opinion, in comparison to York, right? Okay. Anthony?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's so much, right? It's so much for, uh, you know, I'm just like a normal person. Like the, the, uh, It's <laughs> so hard to wrap your mind around um, all of this. So can anybody, like, say I wanted to wake up one day and just join your, is it a chapter? It's a chapter, right? Or no?
1: Uh, Technically, yes. So like, uh, ironically, even in York, right, there's uh, like chapter (laughs) is for like the uh, Knights Templar degrees, if you will, as simply as but then like, each lodge is its own chapter, but then it's also separated into districts. And it's also separated uh, with individual sovereign grand lodges by state. So like, uh, the jurisdiction of Mm -hmm. North Carolina is basically my uh, jurisdiction, if you will. So like um, it it kind of like the idea of sovereignty for each state uh, is kind of a Freemason concept. Uh, The way that government is set up here in America, a lot of the founding fathers were Freemasons. So they kind of developed it Mm. parallel to the way that the Masonic Lodge is ran and operated from the regular lodge to the uh, to the grand lodge. Uh, we have districts for congressmen, congresswomen, and uh, moving up to the senate and stuff like that. It's all kind of like paralleled in a similar fashion. The way that we vote and organize inside of lodge and lodge officer positions and stuff, all through voting, it's very very similar to how like politics and stuff work today.
0: Do do they do you get much pushback for your TikTok from the Freemasons because I don't know is is it's like far like I when I was a cop we had a call at a Freemason lodge and it was very weird. It like they wouldn't let us in. We didn't go in even though a crime had occurred. It was like it was very odd. Like we had to call for like supervisors and stuff and I think there was like a Freemason cop that got involved. I don't know. The whole thing was very strange to me. And it was an all black lodge? I don't know that's a thing or not a thing, but I, I just remember the, there was a lot of politics on the ground way above my head as just a young street cop.
1: Gotcha. Um, yeah. It's, it's not that uh, cause it, it did used to be this way. Like obviously in uh, uh, contemporary times with the social uh, status, I guess you would say, but like uh, Prince hall of affiliation or uh, PHA is uh it's not that it's separate because my state recognizes prince hall so we're all even though there's two separate grand lodges we still like co-recognize each other when that used to not be a thing uh most states now do recognize prince hall i think there's only like two left that don't one being the state below me uh in south carolina but they're they're still working it out. Uh, but it's kind of like a mutual thing. They don't want to like recognize each other because of you know there still is a little bit of like weird political tension when it comes to that. Right. But like, <clears throat> it's, but it's it's mostly because of like history stuff rather than race being an issue. It's just I don't like you know weird politics, but it's not this. It doesn't interfere with like. Uh, decision-making as far as, you know, communities go and everything like that. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I think it's a bit childish uh, that, that, you know, we can't all just get along. Majority of the states find any reason to, you know, bicker about anything because it's, to, today's Freemasonry is ran by like a lot of older men and they have a lot of outdated mental uh, policies, if you will. And, uh, so that, that's the only real issues inside of Freemasonry. Do you ever get pushback
0: for having tattoos on your face from these old, these old dudes?
1: Um, very seldom, surprisingly, uh, like even with my content and stuff like that, like sometimes, uh, I, I hate to put it this way, but basically I, I was also following conspiracy TikTok when I first got on there. And that inspired me because I came across all the uh, you know conspiracies, blaming Freemasons on virtually everything. But I started making content because of that, and then sometimes people that were Freemasons would you know give me a little bit of pushback. but uh, why do you think I, that,
2: Why do you think that
1: is? like mostly, what kind of
2: pushback? <laughs>
1: Basically, they were just equally as confused because the the real issue today is lack of education inside of Freemasonry. Okay. People inside of Freemasonry don't even really know what's going on inside of Freemasonry, and I don't mean it in like a conspiracy way. I just mean that they're more so caught up in the idea of like, I don't know what I can and can't say, so I'm just going to say nothing, but I'm going to appear like ominous and mysterious and very vague, like, oh, I can't tell you about that secret because... I'm a Freemason, and we can't talk about that. Like, no, it's because oh, okay, it, it's a, it's more of a, a, a like a, a safe scape for them to basically just like if they get caught off guard, they can seem like oh, I know all these secrets, but then it's like, but you know, again, not to dog them, but most of the people, it's it's mostly just due to lack of education and thinking that we have to hold dear our 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 passwords and our handshakes. Like those are literally the only real secrets. It's, in Freemasonry. So,
2: do they accept pretty much anybody? So, like a gay man can be a Freemason, can be part of it. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, like I mentioned uh, before we started recording, uh, the Grand Master this year for North Carolina, which uh, Grand Master is like for the, basically, he would be considered like the president of like the whole jurisdiction of North Carolina in the Grand Lodge. Um, except they only serve for one year uh, and the state comes together once a year at the annual communication to vote on the next. Uh, and we have one every, a different one every single year, basically. Uh, but the uh, grandmaster for North Carolina this year is a gay man.
2: Okay.
0: Is he like one of the first?
1: Uh, is, to my knowledge, yes. Uh I don't think that there's, but not in Freemasonry in totality, yeah. right? But uh, just in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. What um, is the
0: purpose of the Freemasons? Like, what is the like, like, what? Why do they exist?
1: Uh, well, it, this could actually segue pretty good into you know what we were wanting to talk about. Uh, you know, getting into the realm of like exorcisms and stuff. Yeah. Basically, there's been a, a long combative history that eventually becomes the Freemasons, but it starts with like Roman Catholic uh, authority, if, if 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 you will. Uh, in the old world, essentially, the you know Rome controlled everything. The Roman Empire, which mm-hmm. eventually kind of you know the Roman Empire eventually falls, then mm-hmm. it merges over into you know, in my opinion, the, the Holy Roman Empire, uh, the church was given their authority and they basically also, in my opinion, abused this authority, you know, according to the history books. And they were very oppressive, very, like, you know, towards the layman's people. And there was people who kind of kept the traditions of, uh, you know, the the stonemason guilds traditions of that alive but they were basically forced to meet in secret and they were giving each other trade secrets but these trade secrets go back to you know teachings and stuff of like community uh as far as the gnostics go uh like gnostic christianity it's like one of the oldest forms of christianity uh these different sects of gnostics were oppressed and so on and so forth it's not to say that like freemasonry is Gnosticism or Christian Gnosticism, it's, uh, it's open to any, like, you can have any faith, really. You can be a Christian, you can be Jewish, you can be Muslim, you can be a deist, you can be, you know, whatever. And that's where it gets a little confusing for the public, too, is because they think that we're a religion or a church, whatever. But that's kind of the opposite. Like, Freemasonry, at its core, is essentially uh, within the name. Uh, freedom builders. So like Freemasonry, you know, Masonry is someone that builds something and the builders aspect of it is an allegory to, you know, essentially on the, the end goal is freedom uh, in the truest sense of the word. So again, when, when you parallel this from that history leading up, even into the foundations of what America actually stands for, uh, these are based on early Masonic values and ideologies and, you know, freedom mm-hmm. of speech, freedom of religion, uh, separation of church and state, all that stuff. Uh,
2: so, I, so before we segue into – so now that we know that there's a Roman Catholic, um, you know, kind of put into all that, my first question is, is this – politically motivated so is there a certain side of the aisle that people sit on when part of the freemasons because you did mention freedom and all the things that mostly conservatives now at least believe in um or value is there like a political divide within freemasons or is it pretty bipartisan
1: it's it's at least supposed to be very bipartisan because there's two things that like we're also encouraged not to talk about while in Lodge, which is politics and religion, because those are two of the most divisive things on the planet, unfortunately. Now, in early organized Freemasonry, there was more aristocratic figures that would become Freemasons and so on and so forth. Uh, the the hidden knowledge and all that stuff was all kind of like Robin Hooded from the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh These aristocrats in history that were political figures uh, basically would get a hold of information that uh, they didn't agree that the political side of the Roman Catholic Church uh, at the time period had access to and no one else had access to, like being the layman's and being the uh, even like the working class in general. But as far as it being in modern America, uh, it's definitely way more bipartisan and we don't necessarily discuss any uh, because even like voting, uh, the idea of voting was kind of also a Masonic ideology because that's how we do it in Lodge. But we don't even talk about like we don't we don't campaign for who's going to run for master of the Lodge. Uh, It's completely just like who the Lodge feels deserves that chair. And we but we keep our vote. That is the one main most important secret is the vote itself, uh, because the way that p- politics, even in this country, used to be is that there was way less tension when people kind of like more so kept their uh, their voting a bit more private, like not saying that you had to. Obviously, it's just that, like, especially with the the last two elections, it's it's there's obviously been a massive uproar mm-hmm. and uh excitement and uh you know on both sides of the aisle. But mm-hmm. uh but sometimes you have to do that because it was also Freemason like uh the Boston Tea Party that was planned inside of a Masonic lodge mm-hmm. uh to essentially rebel against a tyrannical government. Um as far as I'm concerned, a lot of the uh you know, like the Civil War, the uh, Revolutionary War, there there was a lot of Masonic Knights Templars that were fighting on both sides, uh, whether it be North versus the South, whatever. But um, we can still, when we when we go to lodge together, we set all that stuff aside so that way we can best work and best agree for the greater good, which is all people. So it's, it's almost like a blending of like conservative ideas, but in the sense of like more of a liberal conservative type of thing. So where we can come together and bring ideas together for our communities.
2: Okay. So is there some type of hazing ritual that has to be done when you join? Do you guys do any type of rituals? Um, Touch on that real quick. I know a lot of people have. Yeah. If there's
0: no spanking conservative aunt is out.
2: (laughs) <laughs> God, yeah, I just, it's just not for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
1: No. Yeah. Uh, see, and honestly, like, no, just to get straight to the point, there, there's nothing like that. That's uncomfortable whatsoever. And for me, like it was a little bit disappointing just because I was expecting a bit more of like, like I'm going into this thing. That's supposed to be like the most secretive, you know, uh secret society. In America, and uh, I had done my research like prior to joining for probably about 10 years. Uh, I've been researching this stuff forever. Uh, but yeah, I was a bit disappointed that, you know, like I didn't, no, no blood was drawn at all. I was mad about it. <laughs> like, I, I thought I was gonna have to do something along the lines of just like binding myself to, you know, a, a bit more intense, but it was very no paddles no maybe blood you should have no <laughs>
0: maybe you should have chose the Illuminati because I feel like they at least <laughs> have uh you know like a, a crucifixion of a a eulogy type deal um, so wait so there's no like what is your take on Illuminati stuff
1: well I have all of their rituals right here <laughs> whoa oh. and, uh, and you can you just can have actually, that
2: so the yeah, rise and fall
1: actually, you can actually buy this on Amazon.
2: So those that are just hold that up for me real quick because those that oh, yeah. listen to us on iTunes and Spotify The Rise and Fall of the World's Most Secret Society um wow this book is legit This guy knees yeah, this it, every lofty time too. Oh jeez. that is a huge book That's thick, that's thick. A lot We're of talking about, talking about a book guys thick Um uh, uh yeah, it's I look, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm not, you know, I've never known anybody that was a freemason or anything like that. So, I just assumed that they would like traipse you guys around like a field naked with like a sack <laughs> over your head or something. Super right. disappointed to hear that that didn't happen. Um because if you are joining one of the most Shut up, Eric. If you are but listen, if you are joining one of the most secret, you know, societies that that people have made into so many different conspiracies, you would just assume that that shit would happen. Am I? Am right. I? I mean, Michael. I, I always imagine
0: it as is they, they would be like, Eric, we're gonna tell you a secret, and then a year later, when that secret doesn't get out, then they're like, okay, you can go to the next level, which means I would already be out because I, I have a hard time keeping secrets. Um, Same. You even like when I went to classified meetings and and classified courses through the military like there was always a part of me that wants to tell everybody all the time And when i hear people talk I about
2: never, I never got
0: military that. trainings or something and, and you know especially like the classified ones uh i always want to like correct them but i'm like ah just gotta let that one lie homie, see i would talk about
2: I, it. see i am like so good with see, like i would Prop the the I would probably have to be waterboarded. Like I've, I've I hold <laughs> I hold on to shit for if some if somebody doesn't specifically say to me you can say something, I won't tell anybody. Like that's just I don't know. That's just me. Well, I well guess we I have a, we
1: actually have a saying that is like it like if it's like me and another uh member, it's it's like going to like one of your best friends and saying, Hey like keep this between you and I uh you know, we're like, I'm about to tell you something that like I'm going through something personal. Like maybe it's, you know, as men, especially today, we like deal with a lot of stress and deal with a lot of things. And it's hard for us to be like, kind of, you know, vulnerable to Mm -hmm. other men. That's one of the best teachings in Freemasonry is the brotherly love aspect. It kind of breaks that shell of like, really, you know, yeah. And, uh, but the saying is, uh, uh, on the square. So we'll say like, hey brother, like this is on the square. Uh, Me and my family are kind of going through a rough time right now. If you could, you know, talk to the lodge for me, see if like, put the hat on the altar and just see if, you know, can help me pay my power bill or something like that. Uh, okay. Like I would appreciate it. So that's like one example, basically. Um, Sweet. And see, it's a lot of these things where things kind of get taken out of context by people that are not initiated into Freemasonry. They'll read something like, See, they have each other's backs. And it's like, we do, but not in the way that you think, especially today, because there's not nearly as many like people in politics and whatnot. Like it, there, there should be more Freemasons in politics. Uh, as far as I can tell, like there I used to be
2: like the right? right? Like, like more, more worldly le- or more United States leaders, like presidents and, and senators and stuff were a part of that. But you're saying not as much anymore.
1: Right, uh, because back then when there was a lot more Freemasons inside of Congress, you had both sides of the aisle actually getting along and passing laws that was actually benefit to the American people. Hmm. Because we know how to operate inside the lodge, which is basically you just leave all your personal opinions at the door and you get the job done for the greater good of we the people.
0: Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. So I was watching one of your videos today, um, just to get into the thick of it today, because I know we could talk about this free base and stuff mm-hmm. all day long. I still have a thousand questions, but I know that one of the big topics of today was that we wanted to get into some of the spooky, spookier things, and I've heard you talk about some spooky stuff. Borderline had to maybe like. Get on my knees and pray after I watch your TikTok. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I'm going, I don't know if I'm supposed to be learning this shit. I don't know if I'm gonna go to hell for this or not. I know this that you I talked him. this one thing that you were talking about was miracles of Jesus and magic. Um yeah. is that something you can go into for us really quick? Like your opinion on magic and Jesus walking on the water and stuff. Am I yeah, allowed to hear I- that?
1: <laughs> we'll find out. Absolutely. Uh,
0: if and, I get struck by lightning, Anthony, I swear to God. Is it supposed to rain <laughs> oh, tonight? By you? To you? I swear <laughs> to God,
1: Anthony. So, so just just to clarify, as far as my personal faith goes, I'm very open about this as well, and it is it is a little bit confusing. But I consider myself a Christian Gnostic, and so the word Gnostic is the Greek word that stems from gnosis, that ultimately means knowledge, and this is an ancient tradition that goes back to the earliest scenes, which was an early sect of Christianity uh, or basically what was known as like the Jesus people or the Jesus cult of the first century and their traditions passed down. It's more of a mystical tradition and it brings more of that spiritual or mystical aspect into Christianity. And uh, I kind of like the whole thing is for one, why I, went with this whole Gnostic title is because I read the, the Bible verse, Hosea four, six, uh, basically those who lack knowledge or, or my people shall perish, uh, for the lack of knowledge. And that verse literally scared the shit out of me. I was like, I don't really know Jesus all that well. I grew up a Christian my whole life. I, I mm-hmm. eventually became an atheist, but ironically, Freemasonry led me back to Christ, if that makes sense. Well, maybe it doesn't to a lot of people, but I joined Freemasonry as, as a Deist, and it's not that Freemasonry even like like teaches magic or Christianity or like because it's open to men of all faith. Uh, but for me, like during the Master Mason degree, I, I get hand, handed a Masonic Bible. Everyone freaks out about the Masonic Bible. It's literally just a King James Bible. So I'm just very observant and. I study real deep into that. I'm like, why is the Bible held so highly inside of Freemasonry? I, you know joining as a deist or someone who's more of like a universalist like and then digging into the history of just all that stuff it's been very exciting and I've discovered a lot of new truths with this whole new like open-minded I've always had an open-minded perspective uh, but just kind of setting aside the old dogmatic traditions of religion Mm -hmm. and then you have like the moral side of tradition you kind of separate those two things in order to develop your own relationship and for me personally i found christ again through the mystical teachings of you know ancient traditions known as like kabbalah uh alchemy uh not not physical alchemy more spiritual alchemy like A lot of Jesus' teachings, if uh, people can pick up on the alchemical symbolism, a lot of Jesus' parables start to make sense. Like, for instance, the walking on water aspect, uh, that very much could have been literal. You know, I'm not going to take that away or anything. But the way that I kind of interpret it is that water can represent like, like sinful nature and essentially like drowning in debt. You know, this this goes all goes back to Admiralty Maritime Laws, where Jesus is like walking above the water, drowning in debt. Uh, money's referred to as like currency, so on and so forth. The Bible talks about money and business and stuff like that, that perfectly ties into today. Uh, it's just about the lens that we look at it from. I mean, even the word Bible, uh, I, I wouldn't have even figured this out if it wasn't for studying like the ancient Kabbalah, uh, if you transliterate the word Bible, it becomes the Hebrew letters, uh, bait ein bait Lamed and what that Hebrew word translates to literally is in debt. So it's like, yeah, like it, it's, just, it's no or Gnosticism is essentially just the pursuit of like knowledge of God rather than just blind faith. And the pursuit of truth, no matter how bad that truth may hurt, Uh, because ultimately God's truth is the only truth and that all things that are true belongs to God. So So, all
0: of your studies with this, because you obviously you've done a lot of studying on this. Um I am my wife and I were going through this together. Um and my wife was like, "I don't even know where does he learn something this like? Did you find like professor uh Brütenholm? I don't like I, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Hellboy or anything like that, yeah. like I mean, do you have this like secret professor uh like a comic book character professor teaching you like how do you even go to learn this stuff?" But you know, my even more poignant of my question or uh, the point of my question would be: Out of all of these crazy studies that you do, what have you found to be the most shocking?
1: Um. <laughs> well, as a, I guess the most shocking to the world, but it makes the most sense to me and principalities is that Jesus. I not necessarily from the Dan Brown perspective, but what got me to go down that was the fact that. There is history that is attached to what inspired Dan Brown. And when What's you actually say
0: that. What is Dan Brown?
1: Uh he wrote, he wrote um like The Da Vinci Code and like Oh gotcha. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Angels okay. and Demons and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, okay, okay,
1: okay. <clears throat> and so basically the the whole idea that Jesus actually had a bloodline and was married. And I used to just think that it was just an idea for the movies and you know, so on and so but then I actually like gave it a chance and went down that rabbit hole and it, it kind of clicked it was like why couldn't that be a possibility like if, you know at the time period of jesus's uh you know like it if you weren't even married by the age of 24 you were considered cursed by god and then he was amongst rabbis also being called rabbi or master himself along with the all the apostles so therefore based on jewish tradition he would have had to have been married To even have that title Mm. but but it seems blasphemous to the modern church today for some reason just because of you know a lot of people believe in just sola scriptura which is basically Bible only only reference the Bible anything outside of that is the devil basically Uh, but you you really start to understand and really get to know who the historical Jesus or Yeshua was when you parallel the writings of Josephus and so on and so forth. Uh, it just, to me, it makes sense that Jesus would have manifested in the physical form had, uh, Paul even refers to him as the first and last Adam. It's like, well, if he's the first and last Adam, who's, who's the Eve, (laughs) Mm. you know? So I, I just believe personally in the story of Jesus being married to Mary Magdalene and having children, uh, I, I could get into the mystical aspects all day long, but just to keep it, just to keep <laughs> it Frank, uh, ironically, it, this that history ties into the Frankish empire, uh, which were the ancient Franks, which is known as modern day France, which turned into the Merovingian dynasty. And then basically kind of creates a whole new bloodline over the last 2000 years that I've done the math. It, it's right around about, two-thirds of the population today in the book of Revelation talks about how one-third of the stars or angels will fall. Mm. Uh, I, I think that I, it, it, get, it brings me comfort to feel saved by the bloodline of Jesus and that the Spirit of Christ literally runs through me through the, this bloodline more so than like what Rome and the Pharisees did to him on the cross. Like I think that mm. that's a bit more... Like it's a bit more brutal (laughs) and then, and then it's like that aspect is being worshiped. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of where I'm at in, in my journey. So, well, you
2: definitely have the knowledge. I think that's the word of the day knowledge. You have the knowledge of a lot, which we will, if you're willing to, we would love to have you on for so many other topics. Um, but before we get into the exorc- uh, exorcism stuff, um, I got to give a shout out this week. Eric can help me with this. I want to give a shout out to Ghost Bed. I have been sleeping absolutely phenomenally on my ghost pillows. Eric, I'm a That's no to-
0: secret, Anthony. That is no secret. Oh, the secret uh, is only inside of yourself. And it's only a secret if you don't tell everybody else, and that's why I'm going to tell everybody else that Ghost Bed is the number one bed that you should be sleeping on. Beds made in the good old USA. USA. Um, I don't know. Anytime I say Ghost Bed in USA, I want to be like USA. say, I don't know. I just get all jacked up about it. I do when I uh, sleep get all that patriotic for some reason. But listen, yeah. I, then I got to meet Mark down at uh, the Ghost Bed facility. The inventor of these beds, man. This dude lives in. I've never met somebody more passionate about sleep. It's almost like. Uh, the, the Gnostic Pope here, when it comes to knowledge, dude is a sponge. Mark is a sponge when it comes to sleeping in beds. Basically his beds are like sleeping on a sponge. Sometimes it's a hard sponge, a medium sponge. Either way, some of these things have these, (laughs) uh, these air blown massagers that I couldn't get enough of that (laughs) they just shoot air into your back and all your extremities. That was insane. That was intense. We got to lay on, uh, Yeah, we got to lay with uh, Serena Williams. No, I mean we got to lay on Serena Williams' bed that she invented. I think it was got Venus. Home as, like, I think it was fighters. Venus
2: Williams.
0: What did I say? <laughs> Serena. Oh, Venus Williams. Damn it! Who's Serena Williams? Is that her sister?
2: Yeah, they're sisters. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I mean, sports, use code. Dude. Use code. I definitely A-N-T. don't fucking tennis. Use code A N T for fifty percent off when you're shopping for your ghost bed. So I want to get into exorcisms. Um, as a kid growing oh, up as a, well, as a kid growing up as a Roman Catholic and loving all of the things spooky for Halloween, I remember being little and uh, literally not being able to watch the original Exorcist. My mom told me when that movie came out that. Um, as teenagers, or I don't know how old they were, I think that movie came out in the 70s. In that time, it was one of the scariest movies or motion pictures to have been made and come out in theaters. Uh, teenagers ran out of the movie theater because it was so bad. I know. And I've heard. I still haven't oh, finished it. I still uh, the have original. finished it. The original
0: like yeah, I tried to watch it when I was probably in ninth or 10th grade in high school and was like I was by myself in my bedroom watching it and I got to the point I where
2: she that. started talking like Satan and I was like nope I am oh, yeah, out no. <laughs> dude yeah. I am I out I mean I remember my mother telling me as when I got a little bit older I was I was that kid that would watch like Freddy Krueger at night and then go to bed and she was like Are you sure you're going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, I want to watch Chucky. I want to watch Freddy. But The Exorcist, it was like Mm -hmm. my mom was like, nah, you're not old enough to watch that, especially the part where she's literally jamming herself with the cross. I guess my mom told me as teenagers, they ran. When I say ran, they ran out of the movie theater. So how much of that, Michael, is. Got some truth to it? How much is more of the Sin, you know, the Hollywood appeal? Um, tell us what you know about exorcisms.
1: Okay, so for starters, same scenario for me when it comes to that specific movie. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time, only because I watched it at a very, like, I was maybe six years old when I watched that movie for the first time it's and it's it quite literally scarred me for life uh, like it, it and to this day I've yet to watch another horror film that impacted mm-hmm. me the same way that that movie did and uh, you know like for years after that I would have you know like exorcist nightmares I would have uh, oh. nightmares that my sister was possessed and like all this wild stuff right but the thought of exorcisms and possession has always fascinated me too. The older I got, the more brave I got, uh, even like more recently. So like, this is where it also gets a little controversial. And my personal practice is like, I've studied all the occult, uh, like demonolatry basically like I've, I've studied demonology and and everything else because one thing that i picked up on my studies is that uh, king james himself he wrote a book called demonology which gets a lot of backlash because no one's actually read it it's actually a book that is a very short read and everyone thinks that it's him like working with demons or whatever but it's actually identifying things like demonology demons and witchcraft in accusing the roman catholic church of using these tactics not only for, like, exorcisms, but for their personal advantage as well. Uh, So what I gathered out of that was King James, his name's over, like, majority of the Bibles. And I'm like, so why was he studying this stuff? Mm -hmm. It's so you can identify it and you can recognize it. But when, like, I'm not encouraging anyone to start studying demons, especially if it makes anyone feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but what it all boils down to is that science calls it mental illness or like psychological side effects and then religion says that it's a demonic spirit the reality is that it's both it's it's right smack in the middle it's like everything requires energy every word that we speak requires energy every movement that we make requires energy and then it also produces a type of energy. It releases energy. So you think about just someone as an influencer speaking something, they're essentially speaking it into existence. This goes into the ancient word, uh Hebrew word known as abracadabra. Uh that is a real ancient word that quite literally means I create as I speak. And this this is the idea of the, the magician, yada yada. But every every thought and every action that we do inside of this world generates and adds to either the darkness or the light and then everything in between the spectrum. So even on the small scale being our personal actions, but even like the actions of war creates a lot of negative energy, right? So that energy becomes massive and then just floats around and people, we, we are magnets to energetic, but what we call energy today or what science calls energy today is what the ancients called spirit before because they didn't have a, a word for energy back then. So uh, it's, it's invisible substance, right? And it's very much like – I'll give a smaller example. Say, say there's like the Amityville Horror, uh, which is another one of my favorite series.
2: Because, Mine too.
1: Yeah. So y- you have this house that had a lot of bad history that happened in it you know there was a family prior to the uh uh you know where the story picks up where he basically gets possessed and then Mm -hmm. decides to unalive as you know we we know the story something happened at that house whether it be like on top of an old ancient burial ground uh whether it be some other form of negative energy or demonic spirits that influenced someone to do something horrible and that's why you can walk into a room, like say if you're house hunting and you just get those weird vibes, like I've like, gotten that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's leftover energy and what energy starts to do is it kind of like, we can't see it, but it, it almost becomes intelligent. Uh, what's known as like an, like egregor, <clears throat> and it, it basically forms into like an invisible sphere that can essentially move its way around and influence uh, your, uh, behavior. It can influence your decision-making, especially if you're like, it all, it all boils down to frequencies because energy and everything at the end of the day, numbers rules everything. (laughs) Uh, because what are numbers exactly? We, we, we know from like our English symbols, what we can recognize the number two as, but in a, Different culture on the other side of the world, they wouldn't recognize that symbol. They would have a different symbol. So it's like, what is the number two? What is the number three? If they, we just recognize symbols that we understand as that. But it quite literally, numbers are just invisible substance as well. So that that's why there's like in music and frequencies. Uh, that that that's how like the elites and stuff. Are able to target and manipulate our thoughts through television, through secular music, through all mm. these things. They know all the tuning frequencies that causes chaos inside of the mind. And then they plant seeds with certain lyrics or whatever that gets catchy and then it gets stuck in our head. And the next thing we know, we're, you know, making bad decisions because of a song that we heard because it gets locked in the subconscious. So is that
0: kind of like when these, when we hear about, musicians and things like selling their soul with Katy Perry and stuff like that. Is that kind of where you're going with that? Uh,
1: essentially. Yeah. Uh, selling your soul essentially means selling your, your physical body. Your soul is attached to your physical body and you basically give up a piece of your soul into different fragments. Uh, when it's already just kind of a fragment in itself, it gets like what, what they do is they separate the spirit from the soul. And the soul never leaves the body, but the spirit can leave the body and it can be separated. And then in the middle the handlers basically place their influence. They're they're essentially adding one of these egregore spirits inside of the artist so it's easier to manipulate and control them and they're bound to a contract. They make them sign that contract. They don't realize what they signed and then unfortunately they have to fulfill that contract and if they Decide they're going to step out a little bit. Next thing you know, Britney Spears is out in public shaving her head. Oh my and, God, poor girl. Uh, it, and unfortunately, like, you know, uh, me and my fiance, we've been following even the whole uh, cryptic Britney Spears situation that's been going on with, uh, you know, her Instagram and everything and her handlers. Unfortunately, like, the Kabbalah is very important in all of this. Even the Catholic Church has known about the Kabbalah and the importance of it for literally thousands of years. And this is one of the knowledges that they tried to keep from the public, even though it's Jewish mysticism, it's very important to be able to identify what the, I I refer to them as the quasi Illuminati or the fake Illuminati because uh, they're, they're essentially perpetuating demonic possession inside of these artists who push a certain agenda, but they're using, Jewish mysticism, and, but they're not even actually Jewish, like the, the handlers and stuff. They just claim mm. to be Jewish. And uh, Revelation 2.9 talks about this specifically. It's it's the, the Jews who claim to be Jews but aren't actually Jews. They're known as Sebadian Frankists. Uh, it's a combination of Shebti Zebi and Jacob Frank. Uh, they formed this mystical tradition uh, starting in 1666, Shevetai was a failed Messiah, Jewish Messiah, who ultimately, like, failed as the Messiah because he converted to Islam. He was given a uh, ultimatum, but then Jacob Frank, a hundred years later, claimed to be the reincarnation of Shevetai and was trying to finish his work. Uh, Jacob Frank was a uh, co-creator of the Bavarian Illuminati, which is the original Illuminati alongside of Adam Weishaupt uh, in Ingolstadt, Germany. And yeah, so basically where they get this idea from is there's a specific formula. Uh, it's well, there's a code word. And I swear, like I try to be as nonpartisan as possible when I do my research uh, there's a phrase known as tikkun olam or tikkun ha-olam, which that's a Hebrew phrase that basically means to repair the world. It sounds great in theory, right? But it's it's this is the epitome of where we get the term reverse psychology uh, mm-hmm. from the, the Frankist uh, ideology. Reverse psychology is the law of inversion, which was created in the the psychological science of jacob frank Shebtai zebi and it all goes back to what's known as Lorianic kabbalah uh i have basically studied all this stuff to the history attached to it from jacob frank well technically from Shebtai zebi uh to jacob frank this takes you into literally like uh the titanic uh the federal reserve 9-11 uh even stuff that's happening to this day, all stems from this. And the only politicians that I've seen referring to this phrase, tikkun olam happens to be pretty one-sided and it's, it's uh, very blue. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, but, but then, so you have politics in the entertainment industry that are all working together using this idea of what's known as Aleph separates men from Shin. Uh, this goes, it's the three Hebrew letters known as the mother letters. Uh, Aleph is a mem is the letter M and then Shin is the letter S. Uh, so this is very much a teaching that they use in the Illuminati when they recruit or when they sign an entertainment individual, what they're doing is they're separating the soul from the spirit. The spirit is basically the the like well this the soul is like what someone puts their entire heart into when it comes to their music. So they basically own that and then create an LLC but they own the the new entity which which is your alias, your artist alias. So they separate mm-hmm. those two things with with an LLC or whatever the case may be, but then they place their influence and they'll place a they'll force them to do different types of rituals, whether it's less uh, satanic or more satanic, depending on how far the, uh, the artist wants to go with it. But yeah. again, it's very like they're, they're essentially possessing the artist with say like, uh, say, say they want Elvis Presley to come back and we have a new Elvis Presley type influence star on the, it's because they're, are literally taking the essence and spirit of Elvis Presley, separating the spirit from the soul and then placing.
2: They kind of did that. Actually, there was, there was an American idol that uh, ended up going. And I don't remember when it was, it it could have been maybe five or six years ago, but that went like all the way, this guy embodied literally. I, I mean, he was like, a young Elvis Presley. I, I, I love that we were able to get into the Illuminati stuff as well with this exorcist stuff. I want to, I want to ask, do you believe, cause when I went to the Vatican and we did the whole, you know, catacombs and then the Vatican tour, the Vatican to me as a Roman Catholic seemed super dark. Um, there was like a really heavy, presence there. Um, it was super eerie, super just, it wasn't like how you feel when you walk into church to go ahead and pray to your faith. It it was different. But i I feel that a lot of people are under the impression that there are still exorcisms that go on within the Roman Catholic Church and the Archdiocese is like one of the, I mean, right, the Archdiocese is over the Catholic Church, right? So like, they're almost like their own government. So do you believe that the exorcisms or exorcisms are still being performed within the Catholic Church? And do you think that it's happening here and everywhere else? Or what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, yeah, they're they're absolutely still hap- still happening, and again, it's not that like all of Catholicism is like purely evil because like these these priests that perform these exorcisms, they they do understand the the spiritual science behind it because all the science and data that we have today stems from all the mystics from you know centuries ago. Uh, it's all collected data from people that were also mystics and uh, esotericists that were studying the spiritual sciences of alchemy, the, you know, different combustions of like different chemicals, how they interact with one another. Uh, it, they, they know that that is the case. It's just that they also understand that spiritual, again, it's like everything's this or that everything's dualistic to create that divide aspect of all society. So you have science and then religion or spirituality, being separated. But when you bring them together, it's known as spiritual science. It's the oldest, ancient, most ancient way. And again, the Roman Catholic church, their, their main issue is that they want to corner the market in everything in that aspect. So they, they are still performing exorcisms. It's just what they what I think that they're lacking today. And this is all my personal opinion too. This isn't taught in Freemasonry. This is just like yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, like it, it encourages you to pursue whatever you feel is necessary, right? So like – but basically, it again, this is something that's always fascinated me because of how much that one movie just like scared the crap out of me. But the Hollywood aspect, it's obviously – much more dramatic than it actually is. Like uh, another story that I'm fascinated by was the exorcism of Emily Rose.
2: I was just going to say that.
1: So that one being based on a true story, you can go and like, you know, even study the uh, public records of the court case. You can like find footage and so on and so forth. It's not so dramatic to that point of like where, you know, someone is it is psychological and that's what the spiritual warfare is. It's a psychological warfare that the people understand how like the the carnal mind is very easy to manipulate and work in the favor. So they're essentially not not the priests, the priests are actually trying to help these people but where they're lacking is the mystical traditions that goes back to the ancient exorcists. Uh, that would, you know, th- these were known as like shamans or like the wise men that came and met Jesus or Jesus, like the way that Jesus would exercise or teach the apostles of how to exercise these demons. It was essentially breaking the shell of influence. And uh, so demons exist as either energy or physical microscopic organisms. Uh, like. We, we can get into what's known as the Akashic records, if you will. Uh, this is the, the ether or the, the spirit realm or the universal consciousness of information. The, the, the universal spiritual library, you can basically go there in your sleep and you can get any answer that you want. Uh, Hmm. the paralleled in the Bible where it says, yes, God and God will reveal any truth that you want. Uh, how does
0: that work? How does that work?
1: Uh, well, that, that's a pretty long lecture. Too. A, a good person okay. to look into... We're going to have to have him movie. on again, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, continue. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're good. Edgar Cayce is, like, the guy to look into for that. He was a, a 20th century... He was known as the sleeping prophet. Uh, he He's, like, the mastermind of the Akashic Records, in my opinion, because he had over 1,200 predictions or prophecies uh, that, like... All of them have come true. And the ones that haven't are the ones that are basically scheduled later from now. (laughs) So So he's
0: kind of like in Nostradamus.
1: Kind of, but a 20th century version as well as his his secret was that he would sleep uh, with the Bible open underneath his pillow. And then he would wake up and have any answer or he would. Well, he would put himself in like a hypnotic state uh, and then he would record his sessions uh like basically going into that that realm of the of the mind which we all have access to and then he would basically give uh he, he was healing people he he would like find out that they had a certain ailment or a certain sickness and then would give certain recommendations and he did this for free he did all this for free and was like People would take his advice and then take some, you know, herb or whatever that he recommended, and then sometimes they didn't even know they had the sickness. And he he was like, literally helping. This
0: is like Rowe Institute stuff here. Yeah. So you know, like Like,
1: can work in both ways. There's negative spirits and there's positive spirits, and going like that. All all of this stuff already exists in all of us. It's just what do we prioritize and allow to influence us in our decision making. It's okay to listen to secular music in my opinion. I don't let it affect my decision making when it comes to my morals and mm-hmm. my values and so on and so forth. Like I can listen to Chief Keith, uh, but I can also study like how to, you know, not like be belligerent out in public and carry myself in a in a well manner. And right. it's not to say that Chief Keith can't do that too. It's just again that influence is it's all one big test and to me it's like the trials and tribulations of god the world influences us to do bad but we're led to good inclination through the teachings of christ jesus and that's why i study all that stuff because if i don't know about exorcism demons i I, like the the real secret of demonic possession and really exercising demons you're not going to be able to get a demon out of someone or yourself, unless you can identify them by name, you have Oof, to be able to, I just got the chills. <laughs> and and what they do is all the emotions that we have, the negative emotions that there's a demon tied to it. If you look at the seven deadly sins, there's a ruling demon that has a name. And if there's any subcategories from the seven deadly sins, this is where it branches out into the different ranks of demons. So you could have, just a pesky demon that's just really annoying your psyche that's just like making you annoyed there's there's a very you know low ranking demon that's basically attacking you but there's a ruling demon on top of that they're not the ones that are messing with you they're the ones who just oversee all of these other negative spirits and then if you can identify who the if you can't identify the lesser demon then you can identify the greater demon who will basically do their job, which is to get rid of that demon. But you have to know the demon's name in order to even like do that. But this is also narrowed down to, in the modern Christian faith, if you do this in the name of Jesus, e- even as a or and someone who's worked with demons before, not worship demons. Cause There's all demons are, is, is, it's, it's just emotions. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's it's what influences our decision making and how we feel about ourselves when we look in the mirror. Do we hate ourselves? Do like it's, that right, right, point, right. Your inner yeah, demon. It. Right, it's the inner demons that affects our decision making. And when we look in the mirror, it, like if that negative voice that makes us like, I hate myself. Uh, I I don't like this aspect of myself. Like that's not you. That's not you. And that that's literally the devil's just trying sure. to convince you sure. that you're not perfect just the way that you are. That's well, what it all takes down to.
2: Look, I, Michael, I think that you have so much but like amazing knowledge. Eric, wouldn't you say so? Just so much great knowledge on all the things. Yeah, I mean, I feel like
0: we're... I feel like I wish we could keep you on forever. I don't know, I know. if you're available for a part two on this, but I, I know that our, our fans are probably going to, to this love this. I, I think, think we're going to have
2: is one of my favorite shows.
0: Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm kind of like at the point where it's like, I want more um, and I know we're out of time to have more. Uh, big shout out to red pill threads really quick for these super dope shirts that we've got. Um, I've got, the, I'm wearing today gender affirming care for minors is child abuse really cool shirt and you've got the uh free you got the uh what does it say pure blood pure blood the, with the uh anti-vax symbol on there <laughs> um pretty fun but it's called RedPillThreads.com. threads.com appreciate you for that red pill threads um at gnostic pope i have one last question do you have one more minute or no yeah one more minute um Tell us about the tattoos on your face, on your body. Why you did it? Who did it? What's the purpose of it? Um, and are they all over? And are, everywhere? Yeah, where? Like, we're, like, tell us about the tattoos. What is that about?
1: Um. Well, uh, long story short, uh, when we were all being influenced to, you know, go and get the vaccine, I said, no, nah, I'm just going to go get tattooed instead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, you are you know, serious but, uh, is that real love that
1: no 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 oh, but, oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay okay <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I'm for every booster you have a new tattoo <laughs> no yeah, yeah 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 like uh i'm 100 unvaccinated uh i am pro do what you want me personally hell no I'm Good. Never yeah anything. uh but um as far as the tattoos go I've, I've been a professional tattoo artist for 12 years now and uh so it's kind of a collection from different artists over the over the years that i've worked with and uh none of them have any like super like all the ones on my face i guess do have uh, i wouldn't put it on my face if it didn't have some sort of meaning right uh but um ultimately like it all just kind of like tells a story of a timeline throughout my life where i was in that time period um and uh yeah i'm just like like growing up i listened to a lot of different i I was very well cultured with the music that my parents introduced me to a lot of those uh musicians and artists you know had tattoos uh my uncle uh inspired me too he you know my parents didn't have tattoos but uh my uncle had a tattoo it was like this cool dragon uh but you know and it, it got me inspired but uh chester from lincoln park he had the flames going up his arms oh, yeah. i was a huge lincoln park fan Lovely. uh i i knew i was gonna be tattooed like one day uh head to toe I, um not so much uh but i have that rebellious spirit in me that like it's not that i like to be like i i knew what attention i was gonna get out in public or whatever but it's like I already got that anyway, so I was like, I might as well at least express myself freely mm-hmm. and go against the grain. This kind of has always been my personality, even with, you know, my TikTok content. I uh, rustle feathers in general, so it's like people are going to judge me, view me any way that they want regardless of the tattoos, so I might as well just express myself and just learn the art of not giving a fuck. Oh, I, I, I love, love that. that. I love that. I love,
0: and I that. love uh, Chester, the, the whole Chester thing. And, and man, oh, maybe we get you back on later um, on your thoughts on Chester, um, on where his soul went and kind of how that went down. I know there's a lot of theories around that. I um, think he's
1: still alive, but I'll, we can go into that later. Oh yes. Ooh, I've, heard that. That.
0: <laughs> I've heard your TikToks on that. I've heard your TikToks on some of these I celebrities that. still alive. I mean, that is uh, Bizarro Land's and I love it, and I want more of it, and I have to understand it, and that's for another episode. Um, where can they follow you, Gnostic Pope? How do they follow you? What's your screen name? How do you want people to? Uh, to follow on TikTok,
1: you? it's uh, at underscore uh, torchface, uh, but the the A and face you replace that with the letter V as in Valentine, uh, and then Instagram is the same, just no underscore. Uh, and I'll, if you want to follow my tattoo account, it's the same thing, but, uh, tattooer. So, uh, D-O-R-C-H-F-V-C-E on basically you, everything.
2: I think if you look up guys, uh, for our listeners, like super easy, if you, if you search on TikTok, Gnostic, Agnostic Pope, he will pop up. Like yeah, the video Gnostic. Is related G-
0: G-N-O-S-T-I-C, right? Gnostic. Yeah.
1: And yeah, the, Gnostic. so Gnostic is, is, is also distinguished from Agnostic that Agnostic means like I don't know, but gnostic means like I do know. Like oh I know yeah, I
2: you know. know, you have a lot yeah. of knowledge. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, he knows a
0: lot. And then if you're really confused then you can go to our new night shift underscore TSI Instagram page and you can, um, we're, we'll, we'll do a we'll video. We'll make a reel and, and yeah. we'll try to collab with them on the reel so that people can find you on Instagram and on TikTok. We'll do some stuff like that. Hey, on Michael,
2: TikTok. would you ever, uh, would you ever think about, uh, like collabing in person?
1: Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah, that'd be awesome. should do it.
0: We should do it. I'm in North Carolina as well. I'm always in Charlotte, but I'm uh, I'm in I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and so. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna get um, I'm gonna get Anthony, Conservative Ant, up here, and I, I think we should do an in-person collaboration somehow, some way, because uh, I mean, this is this is really cool stuff. I was really scared to have you on. Um. <laughs> still don't know how I feel about it. To be honest with you, uh, you know, this I could have just sold my soul. I don't know. I don't know what's going on.
1: So, well, like I, I said, go. I gotta ruffle feathers. That's it's
2: just in my nature. <laughs> I love, I it. love hey, it, dude. South, South Florida is open for you too, bud. We I, we gotta we got room free here. Oh, and it's Very awesome
0: good. down there. Trust me. They uh, oh yeah, we the, make you
2: breakfast. It's like a oh show. god, yeah. It's um,
0: yeah. They do it, Eric over the top. Came... There's a line. He'll cross it every time. I love it. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. Hello, ruffle feathers.
0: Ruffle feathers, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, I really appreciate this. This was an awesome time for myself and the conservative Anthony and the Gnostic Pope. This has been Night Shift, top secret information.